I'm John Whidden, and you are listening to Canada Out of the Closet. Well, hello there, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Canada Out of the Closet. My name is Travis Bozer, and with me yet again is my good friend, Mr. John Whitten. Say hello to the folks, John. Hi. That's all we got? It's just one syllable? It's a short bonus episode, so I figured that would be <laughs> apropos. Well, John, we uh, we got together a little while ago, and we recorded our season finale, which is coming out soon, and... And we were a little bit long-winded. We talked a lot during that season well, finale we had, episode. We had some great questions. To- we did. And Scott uh, Scott Blair joined us, our creative consultant, again for the finale. And um, and John, when one of the topics that we talked about was the movies and theater pieces and things that uh, that we've talked about throughout our two seasons on this show. Right. And I love this topic because personally, in my arc of understanding... LGBTQ two plus. Um, I I've I've learned so much through films and theater, and I really wanted to talk about that just to give folks an idea of what uh, what's out there and what they might listen to and look at that that would help uh, develop their understanding too. Exactly, and so we we knew that we needed to shorten up the episode, but we also thought this was such a great part of our conversation that we wanted to include it. So we're releasing it today as a special bonus episode, and we're going to put uh, a list of all the movies that we talked about in the show notes, and we'll post that on our social media, and and people can uh, reference that list and maybe start a little viewing party for themselves as well. Sounds like fun. Good. Let's jump right into our bonus episode. I would like to, we're going to finish the episode with our takeaways from the entire season. But before we do that, I would like to touch upon films and theater because I've learned so much from the movies and the theater pieces that I've seen that have had some aspect of LGBTQ2 plus life. And it's read, it's led to such rich conversations for, for me and Colleen and lots of people in our, in our group. Uh, so what I'd like to do is just briefly mention each film or theater piece and hear your reaction to it. And, uh, and then maybe you can add some more to the list, but, uh, I'm, Oh God, I'm so glad you're giving a list because I was sitting here going like, we've talked about this so much. I don't remember what pieces yeah, we've exactly. talked about. So good. This is good. And and this is mostly because, as you know, there was a time when I thought Brokeback Mountain must be every gay man's favorite film. <laughs> I'm pretty I, sure it was the last time Scott joined us that yes. we debunked that myth for you. <laughs> I was certain. I was certain of that. So it's very interesting to me to hear your perspective on these. So I'm I'm going to go chronologically through my life. So I'd be going back about 20 years when I first saw the the film La Cage au Folle, or Birdcage, where Robin Williams and Nathan Lane play uh, gay characters Mm -hmm. and there's a whole different aspect of robin williams being uh, i don't know i don't think he was gay no at least not straight i think right yeah as far as we know and nathan lane is gay i believe so there's a whole different aspect of whether a straight guy should play the gay guy but anyways let's leave that one aside and just talk about that as a film very briefly um I love that movie. Yeah, (laughs) and I did too. It was very positive for me. We were on a. I think it was when we came home from New York this summer. It was on like WestJet's 
like on air right. movie thing. And I like hadn't seen it. Like I, I catch it every now and again on TV or somewhere and we have a copy of it uh, too, but I like hadn't seen it for a while. And I was sitting in like road nine, whatever it was in my plane, like just laughing out loud. I'm sure people around me were like, what the heck is this guy doing? But like, it's the birdcage, get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, and if you're going to talk about problematic, like Nathan Lane and Robin Williams, like, I don't think, I think Hank Azaria is the problematic. Yeah. <laughs> but even then like i i enjoy that character that he does so much that like maybe and i know i'm probably on the minority on that one about oh but yeah yeah they're just broad types and yeah it's fun and okay next movie for me was brokeback mountain which i've said on this podcast had a pretty significant impact on me because i it's the first time I had considered the great tragedy that's created by our society for men who want to be together, but cannot. So, so just if we've talked about this before, but yeah. if you want to give your brief opinion on the movie, um, I haven't rewatched it, but I'm tempted to, because I, I had, did. A, I had a reconsideration. I had, after we recorded the oh, yeah. episode last so what was your year, I, when we that? talked about it, I was like, I need to watch this again. And so I actually just this summer, when I was away traveling, I like watched it in my hotel room again just to see. And um, I still didn't care for it overall. Right. But after we talked last time about that real tragedy, you know, tragic part of it, I, I saw it in a new lens mm-hmm. for sure. But um, I still was not like sold on it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the next was a, a musical that knocked me flat bare. You've seen it, I think. I've listened to it. I've never oh, okay. actually seen it. I've okay. not seen Thanks it. Scott, you have not. Yeah. Well, it, it's the same type of theme of the tragedy, what society has done that's created this uh, milieu where this young man cannot continue to exist. And uh, I won't give away the storyline, but I highly recommend anybody see it. But uh, I've never seen it. Curtis has seen it. I think it, a group in Windsor did it before he moved out West. Um, and he has the soundtrack on his iPod. And so one time we were driving and mm. listening to it. And it's so funny that show starts with a mass because they're at a Catholic right. school and like Catholicism never leaves you, man, because like <laughs> I don't go to mass regularly and haven't for like 12 or 15 years. And I like at the beginning when the mass is happening, I just instinctively started responding. Like mm. I was sitting in the passenger seat of the car, kind of staring out the window, like leaning on my arm and like, and all of a sudden I was like, and also with you, <laughs> I was like doing the side and Curtis is just dying in the driver. He's like, wow, that never leaves you. Does it? <laughs> so what do you two think of it as a musical? Uh, Curtis loves it. He okay. loves the, like I, I haven't actually seen it, so I can't um, speak to like how it plays and how it, you know, but I've only listened to it and just listening to it is very powerful um, okay. with Curtis kind of telling me like in my ear, what's happening mm. and why this is being sung about and stuff. Right. But um, I know it's a very powerful story. It's been done here in medicine hat. Um, right. It wasn't too long before I moved here that they had done it at the playhouse here. So we saw it in Calgary and it was colored by the fact significantly colored by the fact that Colleen and I knew the young man who was the lead mm. and his mother was in the audience the night we watched it. And I thought, wow, how is she even watching this? Cause yeah. it's every parent's nightmare really. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh beautiful show. Next film is the talented Mr. Ripley. And who doesn't like to watch Matt Damon and Jude law do anything. 
But uh, it's it's a compelling thriller that I think happens to have a gay subtext. But uh, it leads me to a question for you. Do you get tired of films that focus on the LGBTQ plus aspect? Because I think this film doesn't. It just happens to just be happens part to of it. Is yeah. that right? It's very subtle. Yeah. But it was subtle at a time when there wasn't a lot of yeah. characterization out there, right? Yeah. So to be honest with you, I know I've seen that movie. I don't remember anything about it. Like, so it doesn't stand out in my head as being okay. good, but I'm sure it's good. Oh, it's one I was of my probably favorites. just in the wrong frame of mind when yeah. I watched it. I think the subtext is everything. Like if you're a closeted gay kid yeah, watching totally. that, <laughs> speaking so that's from experience. Yeah. yeah, totally for me. Oh, cool. I need to watch this again, but I, I haven't, I haven't seen it for, I, I know I've seen it, but not for a long time. No, it's, it, yeah. Okay. Now we get to the week I've talked about last season uh, in the library, in our local Medicine Hat library, they did this wonderful thing where every day in uh, Pride Week, they showed a film. And uh, so I, I got three of these from that week. First one was Call Me By Your Name. I love that Love movie. it. I remember, the, was it you or somebody else that I was talking to that said like there was things about it they didn't like or they didn't think it was like super deep? It couldn't have been you. Maybe. Not me. But yeah, I love that movie. So good. Yeah. Oh, Visually, very, but also the story. Very artistic, yeah. but yeah. also the story. Yeah. 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 And unfortunately, like, there is a, the book, there's a sequel to the book. Uh, but they were going to make the movie, but I don't think they're going yeah, to now no. because of the army hammerness of it. But yes. uh, yeah. Love Simon was the next. I love that movie. Yeah. So just like Curtis and I were just talking about this last night. Like, <laughs> when Jennifer Garner looks at. Yeah, and just as like you can exhale now, like oh, I'm gonna cry just thinking about it. But like, I just love that movie. Okay. I, that is the movie that I wish every gay closeted kid had, and I'm lucky. Right. Like I'm glad that they do have it now. Um, I wish I would have had that as a kid. Yeah, it's a 45 year old. It was okay, but yeah. for a 17 year old, yeah, that'd be major. Yeah. So Siskel and Ebert, Ebert give it a thumbs up each. I which one's Siskel and which one's Ebert? <laughs> I don't even remember which one was which. I don't know. The third film was Moonlight. I've never actually really seen this movie. I know Curtis watched it because it was in his Oscar binge. Because he watches all the Oscar movies. And I watched the ones that I think I'd be interested in. And then I ditched the others. Yeah, I I saw it. I really liked it. Um, Atmospheric and poignant. Mm -hmm. Again, it's quite subtle. The storytelling does not bang you over the head with the gayness of it, so to speak. I see. I think that's why I didn't watch it too, was because I didn't even know there was like gayness in that movie. Oh, it's definitely prominent, like, but it's... Yeah, like I didn't... Because I, I don't think it was advertised that way, or at least I didn't see it advertised that way. I yeah. don't know. I didn't know anything about it. And then Curtis and I had maybe been dating like a week when right. he was going to watch it. And I just was like, I'm not interested in watching that, so I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. Like, I, And again, know. is this one of those films where it's just as it should be? It's, it's just a story. Um... I think it, I think I think the homosexual aspect of it is is more pointed than just that, but it also speaks to a specific culture, um, African American, mm. East Coast things. That that's you know not not my world, but um, there's a there's a toughness to to the main character's mm-hmm. story that I don't think I came anywhere close to experiencing, but beautifully made and compelling and subtle and deep. 
Now we're getting into uh, the time period when we were recording the show. Yeah. And now we're going to get to some that I watched because of the show, but these were just, I was suddenly more interested in LGBTQ2+. And so I watched these. And the first one was Miseducation of Cameron Post, which I really enjoyed. And I still have not watched it, which we talked about this like yeah, a year ago, I'm and I still haven't watched yet. it. Okay. Well, I, I recommend it. Yeah. Boy Erased, have you seen? Uh, that is... Yeah. Tough watch. Russell Crowe and... Uh, Nicole Kidman plays the mom. Oh, yes. And then the boy The boy's great, too. Lu- Lucas Hedges? Yes, that that's yeah. who it is. Yeah. That's a fantastic movie. Superb. And, like, everyone should... I think it really explains, like, the mindset around conversion therapy. Right. That's an important And one. I think it's important to, to watch that for that reason. Okay. I think I've got one that neither of you have seen here. Secret Love? I don't even, I've never even heard yeah, of that. Secret Love is, uh, my parents said I needed to watch it and they were so right. It's uh, a documentary about two lesbians that have a Canadian connection. Oh no, I did watch this. You did watch it. Okay. I did watch this because the one of them is her, she like was born like 20 minutes from where I grew up. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, there was like right? a connection to it or like just down the highway cool. from where I grew up in Cabri, I think around there. Um, and I did watch this on Netflix. The two women that were the baseball players. Right. And then, mm-hmm. yes, that was that was good. And it just, for me, gave a huge insight into what life was like in the last century yeah. when I was growing up, really, uh, if you were a gay couple, mm-hmm. a lesbian couple, what were the challenges? And the challenges were you couldn't be out, really. And I thought it was so interesting, like, hearing the family's perspective in that movie, too. Yeah. From both of them, both mm-hmm. sides, like, both of these women and their extended families about, you know, this is my aunt and... Yeah. And like, I think one person even says at one point, like it wasn't really talked about when I was a kid, but we all knew, <laughs> like, yeah. right? And so it was interesting. Yeah, that was good. And the uh, the next few come thanks to Canada Out of the Closet because people on the show recommended that I watch them. The first being Boys Don't Cry. That's an older one with Hilary Swank. Yeah, oh I know. I've goodness. never watched it, but I know what it is. Her yeah. acting is unbelievable. I, I love watching great acting trans, and that is great acting. Yeah. Yes. Trans boy, trans, right? Yeah. yeah. Highly recommend that. It's a hard watch, I'll tell you right now. Uh, Disclosure, Jasper recommended that documentary featuring Laverne Cox uh, last season. And thanks, Jasper, because love that show. Mm, it really opened good. my eyes to transgender issues. Yeah, and like, like I think we said earlier, like that's a voice that hasn't been heard in yeah. media as much. And so that documentary did a great job. A great job of that. Yeah. I think you recommended Mambo Italiano, which was I probably did because I'm funny. obsessed with that yeah. story. Yeah, we enjoyed that. That was a funny. Yeah, I a funny love show. that movie. Have you seen? No, not no. yet. Uh, Beautiful thing, Gavin Crawford recommended. It was a uh, like he said, a quirky '70s kind of era um, gay story, and I, I enjoyed it. it was, I didn't like it. I it it wasn't one that I'd highly recommend, but I think we got. I think you borrowed it from like the college library, and then we got it from you or something. Like I remember watching it after you. And it was like, it was okay, but it wasn't, but that's probably how people feel about some other movies too, right? If it's maybe a movie that you watched when you were coming through that process, then you're attached to it and it right. didn't do it for me. Right. Yeah. And it's an older film as well. Yeah. The last one, uh, our daughter recommended to us, Alita said we should watch the half of it. And it's essentially the Cyrano de Bergerac story in modern times, but with a twist that, uh, I don't think I'm giving away too much to say. Um, the young woman, uh, high school age woman, uh, starts writing love letters for uh, a young man in her class, 
but she is writing the love letters for this other young woman that he wants to woo, but mm. she ends up falling for. And the young woman who is being wooed is falling for the letters, the beautiful language that's used. So it's an interesting yeah. take on the, the Bergerac I've story. I've never even heard of this one either. Yeah. It's a great, a great yeah. film too, the half of it. So uh, I guess we end up with a list of films that maybe we should... Yeah, add that to the show notes. A list for we could put to that, check out. We could put that yeah. on social media in case folks we'll want to just read yeah. through that list and not listen back through the episode for some, some picks. Now, we can't leave this before you to have the opportunity to suggest any other ones that aren't in my list that you think people should really watch. I don't think I have a lot because I'm in every episode. So <laughs> we've talked He's about always a lot talking of them about already, movies. right? Yeah. And we covered a lot of films there. Yeah. Do you have any? Um, yeah, I've got, always got a bunch. Um, yeah. Paris is Burning is a really interesting documentary made 1990 about the ball culture in New York City. And I mean, if you know anything about culture today, RuPaul's Drag Race is everywhere. Drag has exploded mm. and has got mainstream acceptance in a lot of ways. But it all comes from this African-American ball culture of the 70s and 80s. And this documentary just does a great job of educating the children, so to speak. Um, ball as in ball gown? Yeah, okay. yeah. They'd, they'd hold pageants. And a lot of, a lot of trans... Um, women were involved in this and, and gay men who would dress in different categories and walk um, and be scored. And I mean, it's a true ball. And a lot of the lexicon of modern gay culture comes from this world. Hmm. Um, yeah, really interesting, tragic in a lot of ways, fascinating in others. I mean, I won't get into it, but mm -hmm. look up Dorian Corey. <laughs> That's all I've got to say. <laughs> Who's the guy you made me watch? Uh, and holy mackerel, what a dancer. Oh, Yanis that... Marshall. No. Oh, okay. This Very is different. different. Okay. Yeah, men in heels, but different different thing <laughs> oh, altogether. But, but spell that for folks because they should watch him -A -N -N dance once. Y-A-N-N-I-S Marshall, French dancer. Unbelievable dancer in high heels. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Not a movie, but... No. YouTube. YouTube. Um, two others that haven't been mentioned that are, are pretty popular, but uh, Tu Wong Fu. How have we not talked about Tu Wong Fu? And Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. These are two films that really you've yeah. got to see. So they need to be on my list. Yeah. I've not seen either. I have Tu Wong Fu. I'll give it to you. Okay. Um, it, that is a great movie. Like, And again, I know there's some always some things about that it was all like these straight guys playing yeah. these characters yeah. and stuff, right? It's Patrick Swayze and um, uh, oh, yeah. um, the other names escape me now, of course. Uh, Lugazamo. Yeah, John Lugazamo. And uh, I can picture him, but yeah. I can't think oh. of what his name is. Isn't yeah. that terrible? Anyway, we'll think of it. Um, that's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, just a, such a great story and like taking place in that small town yeah. and the way people treat them when they first come in and how they evolve. Okay, don't give us too much. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good. It's good. Good story. Yeah. And Priscilla yeah. is not dissimilar in its concept, but takes place in the Australian outback and it's also another road trip with fantastic drag queens. And yeah. yeah. Okay. Hilarious. I'll add those to the list. Yeah. I've got, I've got a, a couple to add to the list. I, I'm amazed I haven't thought of this one before. Um, 
and this has been done in many forms, but The Boys in the Band, which was right. originally a play, and I believe it was adapted into a movie like quite a while ago, and then they revived it on Broadway and right before it. COVID. Like, I think it was the summer before COVID, because uh, a friend of ours went and saw it, and then... Um, and then the folks that were in the Broadway show, they Netflix did a movie version mm-hmm. with the same cast from the Broadway revival. And it's so good. And it's these uh, a bunch of gay men that get together in New York in the 70s for a birthday party. And all of them are coming in with their own baggage and their own stuff. But you get to see Matt Bomer's butt for a brief second, which is nice, too. So I know that doesn't entice you, yeah. John, but it was good for the rest of us. So, <laughs> um, so that one... Uh, I I really recommend. Uh, I've been, I just this summer read uh, Harvey Firestein's memoir that just came out. Um, And it just like opened this world to me of like all these productions that he was part of and all these things that he wrote that I didn't even realize he was involved in or like, Mm. (laughs) you know. Um, And I know there's a film version, I think, of Torch Song Trilogy, which was his kind of big broadway show that he did that um also gave us estelle getty on golden girls as an aside but anyway um it's opened up this world to me and i can't think of all the things now off the top of my head but i have a list written down upstairs of like all the things that i want to watch or read or Mm -hmm. do from him and stuff but it was interesting even just hearing him talk about you know projects that he was in that are not even really considered like part of gay culture in the sense, or gay portrayal, right? But like he was part of the Hairspray Broadway yeah. show, the, that version. Uh, Divine was the in the original movie playing mm-hmm. the mom, and then he took the character or took the role in uh, the Broadway version, and talked about how like you know that show had really produced like gay actors, um, gave them a place to be. It it, it promotes an equality, and obviously is more of a race story, but it kind of goes across those lines too, and. Um, and it was so interesting to hear that perspective from him when I was reading the book, and I highly recommend it. It's called I Was Better Last Night, because uh, that's his critique of himself all the time, he said. And so it's, it's really well done. Uh, and then Curtis and I just last night went to see Bros. I want to call it Boys. I was almost going to call it Boys again. <laughs> Bros, which is uh, Billy Eichner uh, wrote this movie and stars in it. And it's him and um, Luke McFarlane, uh, who you may know from Brothers and Sisters if you're like me and we're into that show but anyway uh it's kind of it's a rom-com and it's the first major studio lgbtq plus rom-com to be produced the entire mm. principal cast is lgbtq plus um and it's just it's so well done and we laughed through the whole thing and it really po- like pokes fun at kind of that tokenism of mm. gay characters and like they have a, a network that's not Hallmark, but they they're something similar to it. And they talk about how like this year on Hallmark's Christmas movies, like we're having gays and lesbians and bisexuals and like, <laughs> and like all these different characters, and, like, you know, that part of it. And it was good. It was just fun. It was fun and, and poked fun at kind of, you know, the lack of representation right. that has existed in the past. So it was good. Great. Well, thanks for those tips. We will put those up on social media for you. Yeah, absolutely. We hope you enjoyed this special bonus episode of Canada Out of the Closet. Like we said in our conversation, we're going to throw a list of these movies and theater projects and different things that we talked about up on our social media and in our show notes. And we hope you'll reference them and maybe check out something new that you can watch uh, coming up soon. 
Uh, we're going to be back next week on Wednesday, our regularly scheduled day for our season finale, where Scott Blair is going to join us again, and John's going to ask us a few more questions and some questions from our listeners as well. We hope you'll join us then. Take care. Bye. This episode was produced and hosted by Travis Boser and John Whitten. Our creative consultant is Scott Blair. Our theme song is Brighter Place by the Young Presidents. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Canada Out of the Closet. That's all one word. If you have any questions or comments that arose from this or any episode, feel free to reach out to us by email at CanadaOutOfTheCloset at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. This has been Canada Out of the Closet. Canada Out of the Closet.